Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host as always, Stephen Martinez, on a Thursday, November 14th, 2019. Only two weeks away from Thanksgiving and our second annual Thanksgiving special. Last year was pretty fun. Um, looking forward to that, doing that uh, again this year. I record them on Thursday, I mean, excuse me, Wednesday night, and then I publish them Thursday morning, only because the games on Thursday come out, or they start like at 10 in the morning, like they start an hour earlier on Thanksgiving, and I think, I believe there's like three or four games this year, they're adding games to Thanksgiving every single year, uh, so we have one at like in the morning, like right after, or maybe towards the tail end of the Macy's parade, uh, one mid-morning, pre-afternoon, then one mid-afternoon, and then the nightcap. So we want to get those games and those picks in right before... We want to get them in before uh, the games start. Obviously, I don't want to be recording while the game is going on. So we get that done uh, Wednesday night. I don't know why I'm going so in-depth as to explain uh, the tricks of the trade here. But nevertheless, two weeks away from Thanksgiving, November is just flying by. This this month in November is just... I don't know where it's gone. We're already halfway through and we're, Thanksgiving is going to come out of nowhere. Then we have Black Friday. And we are five weeks away, or six weeks rather, from Christmas. And our Christmas sort of special. Uh, Christmas this year is on a Wednesday. So we will have a crowd noise the following Thursday, which is the next day, the 26th. Um, so yeah, there's your, uh, your holiday schedule. For the Crowd Noise podcast, we won't have any off days. We had a, I forgot, we had a 4th of July episode this year. We had a Halloween episode this year. Last year we did it on Thanksgiving. We're doing it again this year. There are no off days in the Crowd Noise podcast, ever. There's never not been an episode of the Crowd Noise podcast. We have pushed some back to Thursday. Like I said, Thanksgiving one we did on the Wednesday. Or excuse me, we've pushed some back to Friday. And then we've had some uh, recorded Wednesday night. That's happened rarely. But there's never not been a week with crowd noise. And if we're not canceling it for 4th of July or Thanksgiving, I don't envision any scenario where there would not be a crowd noise episode, which may be good or bad for you, the listener, depending on which side of the fence uh, you fall on. But in the meantime, before we have our elusive uh, first day off, we have an episode today. And a pretty good one, if, if I do say so myself. I think they're all pretty good. There are some that are better than others. This should be a good one, okay? This is, this is going to be a, a fine crowd noise today on the, what is it today? The, the 14th of November, two weeks away from Thanksgiving. Second week of the college football playoff rankings have come out. We'll give you the top 10 because those are the only relevant team. There are still 10 teams alive. How many teams do I think can still get in? Roughly seven or eight. Okay, maybe even six. But ten teams are alive and relevant. In my estimation, there are only about six or seven teams, maybe eight, that could realistically get in. We're going to talk about that. We have our college uh, picks, our game picks for the week. We got three pretty solid games this week. And then our NFL picks. And then the quote of the week. Looking forward to the quote of the week uh, later on in the episode not going to lie, quote of the week often gets pushed to the back, both metaphorically and literally. It's the last segment of every single episode. And it's also the last 
when creating my like outline, my timeline, my notes, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of times I'm rushing uh, through the week. I'll see some good stuff and I'll save it. And then there will be other weeks, like most weeks, when I just have to find any quote to put at the end of the show. And if there was really nothing, and you know, we had a good show, you know, up until the end of the end of the episode, I just sometimes I just 86 it. I just, I just give up on it. This week is not the case. Looking forward to the quote of the week. Saw this come out, and it's actually somewhat old. This came out Sunday night, Monday morning, so it's a little bit aged. This is this didn't just come out today or yesterday or even Tuesday. This has been out for a little while, but it was the best thing I saw this week. This is the best quote um, that I saw all week. So we're gonna have that at the end of the show. So without further ado, let us get into our college. Or excuse, first off, let's do the college football playoff rankings. And who's alive, who's in, who's out. We'll do that first. That'll be our first segment. And I've just decided now. From this point forward, we will have now three automatic subjects. We have our two already. We have our, our college picks. We have our NFL picks. And now we're going to have our college football playoff ranking segment. And we're going to do that at the top of the show every week. I just decided. So now from here on out, you can, you can guarantee yourself at least three se- uh, segments. And that's not counting whatever storylines may develop over the course of a week, and we're going to get to those as well. But from here on out, you can now expect at least three segments. The top 10 rankings in college football, college picks, and the NFL picks. So let's do our college rankings first, and we'll do the picks for the college, and then we'll do the NFL, and then, uh, you know, all that jazz. So here we go. Starting from 10, working up to 1. Number 10, Oklahoma. Penn State lost last week. We'll get into that in just a second. Don't you worry your little head. Uh, Penn State at number nine. Then at number eight, Golden Gophers, Minnesota, who just beat Penn State. And we will get into that in just a second. Don't you worry your little head. Number seven, Utah. They were, uh, was that two weeks ago? They beat Washington. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I don't pay attention to Utah. Number six, Oregon. Number five, Alabama. Number four, Georgia. Clemson at three. Number two, Ohio State. And there is now a new number one team in the land, the Louisiana State University Bayou Bengals, a.k.a. the Tigers. Okay, so we have our top ten rankings here. And there was a lot less fuss and fight over this week's top ten, which I, I get, I understand. Because we saw two top ten, I guess now you could say two top ten matchups uh, last week. We had Penn State and Minnesota, then we had LSU-Alabama. We're going to talk about Penn State, Minnesota first. Or actually, no, we're going to talk about LSU, Alabama first because that one's a little bit easier to, to digest. We had LSU winning last week. Okay, I told you. Everyone was picking Alabama. I had no idea why. LSU was the better team. They, they just were. And I think they proved that. The game should have been a lot worse. Dominated the first half, did LSU. And then they go into halftime. Nick Saban makes adjustments, which he does. That's why he's one of the best coaches in the land. They come back and they end up losing about four or five points. They made it a lot more respectable than what it was. LSU had control of that game from basically beginning to end. Okay, Even though they technically lost the second half, it never felt like it was in doubt for LSU. They, they had pretty good command of that game. Uh, is Alabama out? Because they are now at number five. They were leapfrogged by Georgia, uh, who has a much... Much uglier loss. I mean, if you're Alabama, you lose to LSU, who has beaten Texas, Auburn, Florida, now Alabama as well. They have, I mean, the best 
resume in the country does LSU. So if you're Alabama, you're not feeling too bad about that loss, but then you, you wake up on Sunday morning and you see, lo and behold, or actually Tuesday morning, because the, the playoff rankings come out, come out on Tuesday, and they come out Tuesday night, so actually you'd be waking up Wednesday morning, and you see you're actually behind Georgia's. It's a bad thing. Uh, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. If Georgia wins out, you're, you're not getting in if you're Alabama. And I mean wins out like they win the SEC. Because then that would mean LSU would likely have one loss as well. And you're not, they're not putting three teams in the same conference uh, in the playoffs. It's just not happening because you still have Penn State. We'll get to them in a second. You still have Ohio State. Uh, and then you'll have Oregon slash Utah. I don't think they're getting in, but we'll talk about them anyway. You need Georgia to lose just one more time. That's it. Just one more time. Because Alabama's probably not getting into the SEC championship game. Because... Even if they were, even if LSU were to lose one more t- or once uh, in the regular season before the championship game, they would own the tiebreaker over Alabama, and they would get into the SEC championship game, and where they would likely play Georgia. They just need Georgia to lose. They just need Georgia to lose one more time because at that point, a two-loss team is not getting in, and then Alabama, who is not a SEC champion, and then you need LSU to win the, the conference as well, obviously, because again, well, I already said that. Yeah, if they were to lose to Georgia. LSU's still getting in because they have the best resume in the nation. And then Georgia's already ranked above Alabama, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't put a team backwards who just won a conference championship you know, over a team that, even though the losses were, were, were not the same, you, you wouldn't leapfrog Alabama over Georgia if they're already there now. So, I mean, that, that's not happening. You need Georgia to lose in the SEC title or potentially just lose again and get it over with uh, now. What... Hurts Alabama is if Georgia beats LSU in the title game because, again, they would not be putting in three teams from the same conference, and Georgia's not getting leapfrogged by Alabama you know, if they just beat the team that Alabama lost to. And, oh, by the way, they're the SEC champs. It's not happening. LSU would still get in because they have the best resume in the nation. Alabama's not done. Okay, They're still very much in the mix for the college football playoff. LSU, I think they're in. I think they've clinched... I think they're in if they lose in the regular season and then lose in the SEC title game. I think they've, they've punched their ticket. I think even with two losses, LSU has proven you they've beaten Alabama on the road, they've beaten Florida, they've beaten Auburn, they beat Texas on the road when Texas was a top 10 team in the land. What more do you want? What more do you want from LSU? I think they could get in as a two-loss team. I think their ticket is punched. And that's the only ticket that's been punched. Oh, I guess you could say two because Clemson... They're probably going to run the table. Okay, they're, I know people don't really like that phrase because anything can happen in college football. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Clemson is not losing losing in the ACC. So it's, it's it's a terrible lousy conference. Okay, and Clemson's a very good team. It's not their fault. The rest of the ACC is dog food, but it is, and they'll get in because they'll be undefeated and then the reigning national champs. So they're getting it. So you could roughly say two spots are already punched. Um, LSU. And Clemson. So where does that leave us? You have now eight more teams left out of 10, right, who are still fighting for two spots. You have Ohio State, you have Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Utah, Minnesota, Penn State, and Oklahoma. Let's cut that down a little bit, okay? Minnesota, Oklahoma, let's say Oregon, slash, let's put them both in there because either they're going to beat each other, one of them. They're not getting it. Okay, they're not. Minnesota's not beating Ohio State. 
in the Big Ten title game. Okay, it's 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 not happening. It's not happening. Now you might be saying, well, why do you have Minnesota out, but you still have Penn State alive? Well, I'll tell you, because Penn State can beat Ohio State, and they get them, I believe, next week. They can beat Ohio State. Now I know what you're saying again. Well, was the Big Ten just a bunch of rock, paper, scissors teams out there? This team can beat that team, but can't beat this team, but the team that the other team beat? I should probably start labeling these teams A, B, and C, but the analogy's over. But the point is, this is, a, this is not a killer for Penn State, losing last Saturday. I want to make that very clear. This is a very good loss for Penn State. Lose by five points, had a chance to win the game against... An undefeated, now top 10 school on the road. This is, a, this is a fine loss for Penn State. And I know what you're thinking, but it's Minnesota. And I tried to tell you last week, Minnesota was severely underrated. We did not pick them to win the game because we like to play both sides here. But we didn't, we, um, I tried to tell you, Penn, I mean, excuse me, Minnesota was grossly underrated. They're a very good football team. It is hard for anyone to be undefeated at this point in the season. I don't care if you play in the FCS or the FBS. If you're undefeated at this point in, this, in, the, in the year, you're a very good team. Especially if you can remain undefeated while playing Penn State. And survived a rally from Penn State. Who, I mean, make an argument they could have and should have won that game. But they didn't, so they didn't. And even still, Minnesota's a very good team. It's not a bad loss for Penn State. It's not a killer. And they will have a chance to amend that loss because, again, they get Ohio State in just one week's time. And that's when things really start to get a little saucy come Selection Sunday. What if Penn State, and then you have the rock, paper, scissors match, beats Ohio State, Penn State does, and then you have three one-loss schools. How do you compare Penn State, Ohio State, and Minnesota if they were all to have one loss because then eventually Ohio State they'd throttle Minnesota in the Big Ten title. I'm sorry. I like Minnesota a lot. Love P.J. Fleck. They're not beating Ohio State. Okay, They were able to beat Penn State at home just barely, which is still a very good win for Minnesota. Not taking anything away from them, but they're not getting in. They're just, they're just not. Especially if you think if they have one loss, Alabama has one loss, Ohio State, Penn State. How are you putting in Minnesota? How do you defend putting in Minnesota over Alabama, Ohio State, Penn State? It, it doesn't even if Penn, even though they beat Penn State, it, it's hard for me to give the nod to Minnesota over Penn State or Ohio State. It, it just will be. They haven't reached that that tier yet where they can have the benefit of the doubt. Penn State has, Ohio State has, and Alabama has. They will get the the benefit of the doubt. Minnesota will not. They need to run the table, beat Ohio State in the Big Ten title, have a chance. I don't think that will happen. So Penn State is still very much alive. Do not quit on Penn State. Oh, and Oklahoma's out. Did I say Oklahoma? I can't remember if I, I counted them out. They're not getting in, okay? They're, they're just not. They will likely run the table from here on out. They're not getting in because their biggest resume game from here will be uh, Baylor. They're not getting in over anyone, Alabama, the, the teams that you know I just, just mentioned. For the same reasons, Minnesota will not get in. Now, even though Oklahoma's a much... Uh, higher, a much bigger program than Minnesota, obviously. They're not playing in the same conferences as the Big Ten or the SEC. They, they probably needed to be undefeated to get in, and I don't, I don't see it happening. So the Oklahoma, you can count them out too. I don't know if I said it already or not, but, but they're not getting in. Eliminate them as well. And the Pac-12 schools, I don't see them getting in either for these same reasons. Well, either of these schools, Oregon or Utah, have the resume 
of Alabama, of Ohio State, of Penn State. I don't think so. Georgia, we don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I feel like a lot of people are kind of brushing Georgia off to the side, as I am currently, because the SEC is just murderer's row. But they're still, I mean, they're already in. They're number four now. They control their own destiny. So you cannot count Georgia out either. I don't think they'll run the table and they'll beat LSU in the SEC title game, but they have that op. They control their own destiny. Alabama has, they, they, they're sweating a little bit because they need Georgia to lose. They do not control their own destiny. Penn State, even though they're further behind Alabama, I actually feel like they do control their destiny for whatever that is worth. Take that with a grain of salt. I think the team at number nine probably has a better chance of getting in than the team at number five. So, you know, there's that. And then the teams at six and seven, Oregon and Utah. Let's get back to the Pac-12. Even with one of these schools being the Pac-12 champion and being a one... And I think if Utah wins the Pac-12, I don't see them getting in. I just don't. If Oregon wins, now you have a legitimate argument. Because Oregon will have had one loss, and that one loss came in all the way back in week one against Auburn in a game that they should have won. They were in control of that game, and they gave it away. Um, and then they would be on, what, a 13-14 game win streak, and they'd be a conference champion. It'd be hard to ignore Oregon at that point. And then we'd have to look at what Georgia is doing, what Ohio State has done, uh, if they were to win that Big Ten title or not. Um, because then again, you have, let's just say, it, Oregon does not control their own destiny. They, they, they do not. Even if they were to run the table, win the Pac-12, and they would have a win against number seven, Utah. Okay, so they'd have a top 10 win on their resume. Okay, they'd have something that Clemson doesn't have. At the very least, you could say, well, Clemson doesn't have a top 10 win, maybe even a top 15 win. I don't recall what A&M was ranked at the time when they, when they beat them in Death Valley. Um, but they do not control their own destiny. I don't, feel like, I don't feel like they can control their own destiny because, again, what happens in the Big Ten if Minnesota were to beat Ohio State? I think Minnesota would have to get in. They've beaten, they would have beaten Penn State, and then they would have beaten Ohio State, and they'd be undefeated in conference champions. How do you leave out Minnesota? They would get in. Ohio State would still get in because they're like outside of LSU or maybe with LSU, the best team in the country. You can't just kick out Ohio State. So then you would have LSU, clearly. Um, you'd have Ohio State, Minnesota. You had two teams from the Big Ten. And then probably Alabama. Because then Georgia at that point would be eliminated, right? Or let's just say, let's go really crazy here. Georgia beats LSU in the Big, uh, excuse me, in the SEC championship game. And Minnesota beats Ohio State in the Big, uh, in the Big Ten. I think it would be a, an SEC Big Ten challenge at that point. You can't kick out LSU. Because they've beaten everyone else at that point except for Georgia. You can't leave out Georgia, who's an SEC champ. They're getting in. So you'd have LSU, Georgia. You're not kicking out Ohio State. And then you have an undefeated Big Ten champ in Minnesota. You're not leaving them out. So it would be two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. And that could happen. I don't think it will. Because I don't see LSU or Ohio State losing in those games. But it could. I mean, that's still very much a possibility. Then you'd have Alabama, Penn State, Oregon as the first. I know we like to say first two, but all those three teams would be one-loss schools, essentially, who would, I mean, be on the outside looking in, have fun at the Sugar Bowl. Better luck next year. So really, let's take a look at it here. Here, in my opinion, are the teams that are still alive, can still get in. And I'm going to kind of do some erasing here. 
uh, a little bit. And again, there's the top 10 teams are all alive. All the teams in the top 10 are still good to go. Here are the schools that I think could realistically get in. Okay, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Penn State. So you have seven teams out of the 10. You have seven teams that I feel could still get in. 10 are alive, but I only feel that seven could still get in. And Penn State, I know you're still you're, you're, you're screaming at your phone right now. Why is he still hanging on to Penn State? Because they do play Ohio State in one week's time. Tell me Penn State doesn't have a good resume if they were to beat Ohio State, who is considered by many, not most, but many, to be the best team in the country. With their only loss being on the road against an undefeated school in the Big Ten in Minnesota, who I keep telling you, severely underrated last. They were number 17 last week. Now they're number, what are they, seven, six? No, they're seven. Penn State's eight. If you lose the number seven team in the nation by five points on the road, it's not a terrible loss for Penn State in any stretch. Okay, so I think there's still seven teams. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, seven teams here that I feel can get in. Ten are alive, but I feel only seven have a realistic shot of getting into the playoffs. So not, not bad odds uh, if you're currently in the top 10. That of 10 teams, I still feel like seven can get in. So 70% shot at, at getting in. And even if we, we've already punched uh, Clemson, LSU, we'll take them out of the mix. Still five teams fighting for two spots. That's 40%. So, I mean, that's, there's still pretty good odds if you're in the top 10. Um, looking to get into the playoff because again if we're already if we want to get really specific here and again my math is not perfect but if you want to be lsu and clemson and punch those tickets okay take those two spots away and take out those two teams you're there's still uh five teams fighting for two and i believe it's 40 percent. it may or may not i believe yeah it is because one fifth is 20 right 20 40 60 80 100 yeah so it'd be 40 percent. okay so there's your math lesson uh for today we're doing simple fractions there's a reason why i'm getting into broadcast i'm not a math not a math major uh i'd rather pay uh my cousin josh to do the taxes for me shout out to josh so now onto our college picks i don't know what taxes has to do with math but i'm assuming they do a lot of adding and subtracting so uh yeah double shout out to josh onto our college picks this week we had a winning week last week could have been three you know because again i really really thought minnesota had a chance to win but clearly not enough to actually give them the nod. That's a classic uh, Steven moment right there. But Minnesota, again, a very good team. They were ranked number 17 last week. I tried to tell you they were severely underrated last week, beat Penn State at home, and a game that Penn State had a chance to win. And usually, traditionally, when you have a, when you have a road loss that was a close, tough road loss against a very good team, the committee's forgiving. It's when you lose on the road by 20 or 30 points, or especially if you lose at home, to anybody by 20-plus points, you're not getting in. So Penn State, still very much alive. Uh, we had Wisconsin over Iowa because Jonathan Taylor. He's a superstar. They were able to hang on there. And then we had LSU over Alabama. And everyone was picking Alabama because of what they've done in the past. The last time LSU beat Alabama was in 2011. I did not know that. And even still, none of those games factor into what happened last Saturday. And I try to tell you that, LSU walks out of Bryant Denny with a big fat W. So on to this week. We have three top 25 ranked games for you. So we, we got a good uh, good slate of games to pick for you. 
We'll start with, uh, I guess, the most boring, uninteresting one. Number 24, Indiana. Uh, at, on the road in Happy Valley. Number 9, Penn State. I expect Penn State to win this game. Tough road loss last week. I don't know man, how many times I have to say tough road loss. Um, and again, they can't afford, they cannot afford this game. Penn State absolutely cannot afford to lose this game. They're going to be motivated. They're going to be playing uh, to kind of regain the trust of the committee and reestablish themselves as true playoff contenders, which I still see them as because they, again, and I'm, it's getting a little redundant. I hope, I'm hoping I'm driving this point home. They will have an opportunity to amend their one loss because they're playing Ohio State. And tell me, look me in the eye and tell me if Penn State beats Ohio State that they're not one of the top four teams or even top six teams in the nation. If they beat Ohio State next Saturday, they're going to have a very strong case, even with one loss, to get into the college football playoff. And will likely bounce out a team like Alabama or Oregon. Someone always gets left out, okay? And, I, and that's why people like the, the A-team playoff uh, theory. I hate it. I think that's part of the beauty of college football. That we have these debates all day long. And con- there are times when the committee gets it wrong. And then sometimes they get it right. And people are debating and arguing. And why, why is this team over? Why is this one lost team in over that one lost team? I think that's part of the beauty of college football. Maybe I'd feel differently if I was on one of those coaching staffs of the teams that got left out. But as a fan of the game, I think it's fantastic. And maybe I'd feel different about it if I were a fan of the team who got left out. But I'm not. So, I mean, for the, for the time being, I think it's tons of fun. So, with all that being said, I like Penn State at home. They should take care of business. They better take care of business. Because I'll tell you what, right now, if they end up losing to Indiana, they are just ruining ruining the opportunity the fun that we have next week when they play Ohio State if they end up losing to Indiana I, I don't even I don't even know where to begin how angry and how disappointed I'm going to be in Penn State and how angry I'm going to be in Indiana if you're Indiana you're not getting in okay be happy with your your bowl berth just take what you can get. Why are you trying to ruin the fun for the rest of the nation? Let us have this game. Let us have Ohio State, Penn State with the chance for Penn State to upset Ohio State and then really make things crazy come Selection Sunday. Penn State, they better win this Saturday. Or if not, there's going to be some problems on the Crowd Noise podcast come next Thursday. All right, so Penn State and Indy Lions better get it done. On to the next game. Uh, this one's a little bit less, ex- or actually, no, it's a little bit more exciting uh, depending on who you ask. If you ask me, I would say this one's a little less exciting because I'm not as partial to, to the Big 12 as I am to the, the Big 10. That's just, you know, everyone's got different tastes. Um, number 10, Oklahoma at number 13, Baylor. The reason why I say this one is less interesting and then also more interesting, depending on who you ask, is because I feel neither of, the, this is a, neither of these teams are playoff teams. And even though in Penn State and Indiana... You feel like Penn State's going to win that one pretty comfortably, and they, they should. They better. Um, and Indiana is nobody. We're going to see a team that has the potential to get into the playoff. So there's at least one team that we think could be playing in, in January, February, you know, or when do they have the national? It's in January, right? Yeah, a national championship game, usually in January, the playoff game around New Year's. Yeah, so we have, a, we have at least one team that has the potential to play in December slash January in Penn State. This game, I don't feel like either of these teams are, are playoff bound. Again, if Baylor runs the table, they beat Oklahoma, and they win the Big 12, I'm not putting them in over Ohio State, Penn State, depending on what happens next week, or Alabama, or Georgia, LSU, Clemson. I'm not putting in Baylor over those teams. They're not getting in 
Oklahoma, the same thing. If they were to run the table, beat Baylor maybe twice, because, again, they'd probably see them in the Big, Tw- uh, Big 12 championship game. Why am I putting in a team whose best win is Baylor over a team whose worst loss is LSU? Or maybe worst loss is Minnesota, who is a top 10 team. I, there's, there's no playoff teams in this game. I'll take Oklahoma because Baylor, um, they've, had a, they've had a nice season. Matt Rule uh, has done a good job. He's kind of a, a, a hot candidate, I guess you could say, for some coaching uh, vacancies in the offseason because of what he's done at Baylor. They've had a lot of close games, and I get it. A win is a win is a win. But a close game doesn't leave uh, – it leaves a lot of room for doubt. Okay, so I think Oklahoma will win this game pretty comfortably, uh, even though it's at Waco. Is Baylor is in Waco, right? In Dallas? I don't know. They're one of those one of those Texas towns. Oklahoma's gonna win. Bottom line, they should win. And if they don't, it might be better because uh, it'll be a, it'll be a one less headache. It'll be one less headache for us when deciding the top four teams in the nation because we know Oklahoma's out. Okay, that's one more team that we could just definitively cross out. Baylor. They're not getting in, okay? They're like Utah. I don't care how many games they win. They can win their conference. They are not getting in. So, you know, you can, you can, you can expose me. You can write that down if you want to. Oklahoma, Baylor, they're not getting in. All right, on to our next game. I'll take Oklahoma in the win, I guess. Uh, the best game of the weekend. Number four, Georgia. Number 12, Auburn Tigers in Auburn. Rivalry game. Big rivalry game for Auburn. Maybe the second, their their next biggest rifle, right? Under Alabama and the Iron Bowl, which is, I mean, first off, is a great name for a rivalry, the Iron Bowl. It just sounds sounds great. This is not that, but it is a very, very strong, uh, bitter rival for Auburn in Georgia. Auburn can win this game. They are a very good team. I like Bo Nix. I'd like him a lot more if he weren't a true freshman. Uh, and that's I've picked him to win in games previous. I have picked Auburn to win games this year, and, and Bo Nix, so far, I think I'm batting a 1,000 with them. I've, every game I've picked them to win, Auburn, they've won. Every game I've picked them to lose, they've lost. So Auburn takes care of me. I like Bo Nix. I appreciate those guys. They make me look smarter than what I am. So I, I, I'm a big fan of Auburn for that. George is number four in the nation, okay? And we've talked about how they have an opportunity. They control their own destiny. They're one of like they're the Georgia is a funny team because they're in the top four and it feels like people are are writing them off like they're just not getting in, like there are teams behind them with better odds of getting in than Georgia and they're already in there. I think Georgia will take care of, but it will be a very close game. Okay, Bo Nix is going to come to play. They're not going to lose because of Bo Nix. I'd pick them to lose games because he's a true freshman and maybe if he were a sophomore or junior, I'd pick I'd just pick Auburn to win this game outright. Um, but I think Georgia understand there's a lot of there's a lot of teams on their tails okay no pun intended because of the bulldogs but they have a lot of teams breathing down their neck they need this game they need this game if they lose on saturday it's over you can forget it the the sec title game you can forget possibly beating lsu it's all done forget it it's not happening Okay, they got to win on Saturday. They have to have this game, and I think they understand that. If they want any chance, they actually have, they need every game, quite frankly, the Georgia Bulldogs. They cannot afford to lose again. They cannot. LSU can afford to lose. Potentially, Alabama can afford to lose. Potentially. Depends on who they lose to and by how many and where. But Georgia cannot. They don't have that luxury, okay? They cannot lose on Saturday. I think they will come ready to play and ready to win. I'll take Georgia in a very slim game against uh, Auburn. I like Bo Nix. I like him a lot, but he's inexperienced. Okay, I'm a big 
veteran guy. I like I like the veteran teams. You know, especially I especially apply that to college basketball, uh, college football. They will be at home. That's why I think it'll be a lot closer because Bo Nix is going to be comfortable. He's not going to be rattled. He's going he's going to be in a comfortable environment for him to win. Um, but I I just think Georgia, they should and they will take care of business. Okay, because they have to. They don't. It, it's it's done. And I think they understand the urgency in Athens. There are your college picks now on to the National Football League. And we're starting to turn our luck around a little bit in said National Football League. We had a winning week last week, so we had two winning weeks in both college and the NFL. We went 2-1. Uh, nothing to sneeze at. Really proud of that one. So here we go. Last week, we had the Raiders over the Chargers on Thursday night. Took care of business, dude. Did the Oakland Raiders against the Chargers. It was a very close game. Very fun game to watch. Okay, and that's something I didn't think I would be saying about the Oakland Raiders uh, in the summer. A fun team and fun games to watch. They play very well. The Chargers started off really slow. That was ultimately uh, what did them in. Because it was a very close game. It was an extremely close game. um, And they probably could have, and maybe you could say should have, won that game. Uh, the L.A. Chargers, but they started off real slow in that, and they were just behind the eight ball the entire game. But credit to the Raiders. They took care of business. They hung on at home, and they won. And they're looking like they're, they're a legitimate playoff team. And when I say legitimate playoff team, I mean they legitimately have a chance to make the playoffs, not get into the playoffs and watch out for the Raiders. I'm still not. I don't like them that much, okay? But I do like the Raiders a lot more than what I did during the summer. Great game. And, they made, and I like them a little bit more now, too, because I was right. Picked them to win took care of business. I always like those teams who make me look good. Then, Sunday night, a team that didn't make me look very good, the Dallas Cowboys lose to the Minnesota Vikings at home, a game that they should have won. It felt like that game was under control and the Cowboys are going to win. And then all of a sudden, the Vikings take the lead, and then next thing you know, Dak Prescott's heaving a Hail Mary with a game on the line. Where did that come from? Now, I will say this. I am, the Cowboys go to 5-4. and four. The Vikings are a good team. I said it last week, their offense is starting to get things going. They're just starting to kick things into high gear. Do not sleep on the Vikings, okay? They're not going anywhere. I know a lot of people gave up on the Vikings early out in the year. They fixed those problems. The Vikings are a much better team than, when they, than what they were in weeks one through maybe even four, okay? They're a very good team now. So with that being said, the Cowboys lose at home to a very good team in the Vikings. Uh, a lot of people were panicking because of Ezekiel Elliott. A lot of people were panicking because they lost. Quite frankly, they lost at home in a game that they should have won. As good as Minnesota has been, the Cowboys should have won that game. And I will say this, and this may shock you. Sunday night in Arlington, Texas. That was the best game I had ever seen Dak Prescott play. I'm going to say that again for you. Sunday night in a loss, in a losing effort was the best game I had ever seen from Dak Prescott. Never once did I feel like they were in over their heads in the quarterback position. I never felt like the Cowboys had the inferior quarterback in that game. And granted, they were playing Kirk Cousins. Not like they were playing Pat Mahomes or anything like that. But Dak, Dak, I almost said Dak Mahomes. Dak Prescott came to play and delivered on Sunday night. I think there was a little bit of an over-reliance on Ezekiel Elliott could not get things going. Maybe not his fault. Hasn't had the best year of his career. Again, it's only the third year of his career. But probably one of the worst years of his career or is it, is it fourth year? Either way, he's not living up to Ezekiel Elliott's standards. 
this year. And even still, on top of that, they played the Vikings, who have a very good rushing defense. And I think the Cowboys were a little bit reluctant, it seemed like, to give the game in the hands of Dak Prescott, which is ironic because, again, that was the best I had ever seen him play in his career. Over the summer, I'd said he's a guy who he's good, he's not great, he's not going to win you games. And it seemed like the Cowboys had bought into that sentiment, not to say that they're listening to the Crowd Noise podcast because they're not, but it did seem like they were reluctant to give the game into his hands and let Dak Prescott go win the game. After Sunday night, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to give him a chance because he played phenomenal on Sunday night. I think if they had given him more of the reins and it kind of uh, leaned a little bit more on Dak rather than Ezekiel Elliott because he had gotten nothing all night and they were still going to him uh, in, in the third or fourth quarter, the second half, and then late in the fourth quarter when they were down, Dak Prescott, they couldn't stop Dak or Amari or Michael Gallup for that matter, matter or Randall Cobb. They couldn't stop the passing game last week. Dak Prescott was on fire. Amari Cooper made three hellacious tiptoe catches heading out of bounds. Cowboys got to trust Dak Prescott. If he's earned my trust, and I have severe trust issues, okay? You may have already learned that by listening to this podcast. If he can earn my trust, he should have your trust as well. Dak Prescott needs to be a bigger focal point in the offense. After what I saw on Sunday night, I'm not selling any stock on Dak Prescott or the Cowboys because of how well... Uh, Dak played they lost I get it but I I like what I saw from the Cowboys there is some potential moving forward so I know I spent a lot of time on on just one game last week that I got wrong but I gotta say I really liked what I saw from Dak Prescott and the Cowboys and I I had to break that down for you because even though they lost again that's the best I've ever seen Dak Prescott better than how he played I'm, I'm talking about him the Cowboys, yeah, in his first year went, what, 13-3 or something like that? And I was never really sold, fully bought in on Dak Prescott. Now, uh, I'm just about there, okay? The house is sold. All I got to do is sign the paper. Have not signed the paper yet. Haven't tied myself to him just yet, but it, we're, we're very close. We are nearing a, a, a sell, a full sell on Dak Prescott. So, uh, in our third game, we had the Seahawks over the 49ers. That one made me feel a little bit better about myself, too, because we had the upset of the week. And we got it. And I said, the 49ers for me, it's going to be hard for me. And then going, this is going to, this should tell you how much I like Dak Prescott. I'm still not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why I picked the Seahawks to win the game because they have Russell Wilson. I cannot take the 49ers as true Super Bowl contenders. They are. They are very good. I understand that. But come playoff time, I said it last week, quarterback play in the NFL is like starting pitching in baseball in the postseason. It's, it's, what, it's the difference between winning and losing games. You watch that overtime. Yes, Russell Wilson had an interception uh, in, in that overtime, gave the 49ers a chance to win uh, that game. But where did he throw that pick and when? In the red zone after they drove down San Francisco's throat that first drive of the, of the overtime period? They couldn't stop Russell Wilson. As great as the, the San Francisco defense was, they had no answer for Russell Wilson in that overtime. They had, no, they had no answer for him. And I get it. They had a chance to win it. They shanked one of the all-time greatest icings of the kicker. But they only got the ball back because Russell Wilson threw a pick. If he just throws it out. And why did he throw that pick? If he's so great, Steven, why did he throw an interception? Well, I'll tell you. Because he had felt enabled to make that throw. They could not stop him. So he got a little greedy. He was a little gung-ho on that last drive. Because they, they, they had no answer for him. 
If he throws that ball away and just plays for the next down, they probably score a touchdown and win that game in the first drive anyway. So uh, I'm still not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. That should tell you a lot that I'm sold on Dak Prescott. I might be a little bit in over my head here, but that's just the way I operate, okay? I'm not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo and I'm sold on Dak Prescott. Still have to sign the papers. It's not official yet, but um, the deal is, is, in, is, is uh, in place and it's been uh, agreed to, the terms. I'm going a little bit too far into my analogy. So after nearly 10 minutes of last week's games, let's get into this week's games. I know you've been waiting a long time uh, just to hear my picks. We're going to get into them. Here they are. Without further ado, tonight we do every Thursday night game. We have the Steelers uh, and the Cleveland Browns, who are both coming off of uh, some pretty tough wins last week, some gritty wins uh, for both of these teams. That one's going to be in Cleveland. Tonight the Steelers are the hottest defense in the NFL currently. Currently, over the past two or three weeks, they are the they are the hottest. I didn't say they're the best. I didn't say they're the best team in the league. I didn't say they're the best defense. They're the hottest defense right now. And it's the reason why they're winning games. It's the reason why they're going to win tonight. Baker Mayfield is one of, I mean, a lot of people are, are still in stock on him. He's a bust. He's a bum, this, that, and the other. It's his second season, okay? And he was very good last year in his rookie campaign. I point the Cleveland Browns problems towards Freddie Kitchens. And I said that, I believe in the summer, he could very well be the worst head coach in the National Football League. He, we have no idea. He has never had any, any experience coaching in the NFL. And that to the guy, that's the guy who the Browns wanted to hire as their head coach. Did not make any sense. They are reaping what they have sown. And because Baker Mayfield turns the ball over so much, and you have a defense that is so, uh, shall we say, advantageous, this is going to be a bad combination for the Browns. I like the Steelers tonight uh, to get a win on Thursday night football. I hope there's a lot of turnovers, okay? Quite frankly, I have the Steelers defense. So I am kind of biased, but by the same token, I know what I'm talking about because I have been paying a lot of attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And they have taken advantage of many teams over the course of the past three, four, five weeks. They're the hottest team over the past three weeks. But if you're like me, and you're an early adopter, you would have known that about four weeks ago. So I'm hoping there's a lot of turnovers tonight. I think there will be a lot of uh, turnovers tonight because the opportunity is presenting itself. I'll take the Steelers uh, to win on the road tonight. And who knows? They might just be heating up at the right time, maybe, maybe making a playoff push. We'll see. The AFC is not that deep. It's not the NFC. The Steelers could make it, uh, a potential run at a playoff berth. Uh, next game. What is it? Oh, this is a good game. Actually, you know, we'll do this one last. I know you don't know which game I'm talking about, but it is a very exciting game. We'll do the third game that I had. We'll do that one second. The Cowboys and the Lions. I'm not going to spend too much time on this game because I, I kind of mismanaged my time a little bit um, because I've already talked about the Cowboys, and I told you why I liked them so much. What I saw from Dak Prescott on Sunday night, you know, really, and this is, this is the game where I signed the papers or not. Okay, this is the game where I, I either buy the house officially, I sign the papers, or I get cold feet and I'm going back to my condo. I need to see it from Dak Prescott. And this is the opportunity. The Lions are a good team, not a great team. The game is in Detroit. Uh, but they are a respectable opponent. They're, they're, they're not some, some bum franchise. I mean, they're not, play, they're not a playoff team, but they are a respectable team, are the Detroit Lions. If I see anything similar from Dak Prescott... What I saw on Sunday night, if I see that again uh, this Sunday from Dak Prescott, I'm signing the papers and buying the house, okay? And I think I will because, again, uh, 
the Lions, they're a good team, not a great team. The Cowboys should win this game anyway. Without Dak Prescott, they, I mean, they should win th- this game. Um, but then it gets a lot tougher, okay? It's going to be, I- I'm buying this house. Uh, I'm kind of skeptic about it. I'm signing the papers. The problem is, it's in Miami, and it's hurricane season. Now, what I mean by that is the Cowboys schedule just gets disgusting over the next few weeks. It gets really tough. After the Lions, they have the Patriots, okay? That, that's, I should stop there. Then they play the Bills on Thanksgiving. They have a very, and then they play the Bears, I believe, after that. Actually, that one might not be that tough, but it is a very tough defense. They do play in Chicago. Their defense, get, I mean, excuse me, their schedule gets very tough from here on out. And even the Lions, again, they're a very good team, should win the game, but they are, this will be a tough matchup. Their schedule from here on out gets very, very tough. So it might not be the wisest thing for me to, uh, to buy the Dak Prescott house, the Dak, the Dak Dream House, that's what we're going to call it from now on. The Dak Dream House might not be the greatest idea for me to, for me to buy the Dak Dream House because it's hurricane season. But from what I've seen, the architecture, the structure, I'm willing to take the risk. I will take the Cowboys this week. We will reassess things next week when they play the Pats. Probably, probably going to rent out the house next week if I'm being honest with you. So our final game. It's the one I wanted to save for last because it's probably the most fun game uh, of the week. The Houston Texans in Baltimore against the Ravens. Lamar Jackson quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the NFL. I, I, each passing day, I become a bigger Lamar Jackson fan. He's so much fun to watch. He's handling the media perfectly. He's letting people know that he's proving them wrong, but he's not being obnoxious about it. I think that's kind of the problem that Baker Mayfield ran into. A lot of people were skeptic about him. I never said he was a bust. I just preferred Sam Darnold. That one has not gone over thus far very well. But, I mean, well, let's not get into where I was wrong, where I was right. Lamar Jackson's letting people know about it in, in a way that's not incredibly obnoxious. Okay? And he's getting a lot of people... He's getting a lot of fans because of it. Including myself. Now, I could have been much worse. <laughs> I could have been one of the dopes who said he should be a receiver. I never went that far. But I also didn't think he would be this spectacular. He is a superstar. He is an absolute stud. I love watching Lamar Jackson. He is primetime television. And then, oh, by the way, he's playing Deshaun Watson, who is another box office superstar on Sunday. We get to see them both. We get to see them duel each other on Sunday. I cannot wait. This is must-see television. This is must-see football on Sunday. Lamar, Deshaun. And again, people still are disrespecting him. They're trying to compare him to Deshaun because Deshaun is mobile. They're trying to say he was this player. They're, they're, people are still trying to compare Lamar Jackson to somebody else. Let him be himself because he is an individual. Like it or not, Lamar Jackson is, a, is an original and an individual. Yes, there have been mobile quarterbacks in the league before. I get it. None of them are Lamar Jackson. Okay, And he's not any of them. It goes both ways. He is an individual. He's an original. He's tons of fun to watch. And stop trying to compare him because what you're doing is you're trying to qualify him. Yeah, he's good. He's kind of like this guy. You can expect this out of him. Well, he's like that guy. He has this kind of ceiling and that kind of floor. He's good, but he's got a ceiling. No. Quit trying to box in Lamar Jackson. Stop it because he's a star. He's a superstar. You don't, I, you don't need to qualify him anymore. You don't need to compare him. I think we need to stop the disrespect and let Lamar Jackson 
be his own man. Because it's exactly what he is. He's earned the right to have his own name. He's earned the right to have other guys compared to him now. That's what we should start doing. Stop trying to compare Lamar Jackson to other people. Start trying to compare other people to Lamar Jackson and see how hard that is because he is great. Deshaun Watson, another superstar. I know I'm gassing up Lamar Jackson here. Let me get over and gas up Deshaun Watson. I love both of these guys. I I can't explain how excited I am to see this game on Sunday. Hate that I have to pick a winner and a loser, but that's the name of the job. Okay, that's it. That's in the job description. I will take the Baltimore Ravens because I think they are a more well-rounded team than the Houston Texans. Uh, but it, it, it kind of pains me because I love Deshaun Watson, love Lamar Jackson. You got to put your emotions aside sometimes. I'm taking the Ravens because they are the better team. They are at home. Hard place to play uh, is Baltimore, Maryland. I'll take Lamar and the Ravens to get even hotter. I, I I'm loving Lamar Jackson. Everything I'm seeing from him, he's letting people know. He heard all the he heard all the nonsense. He heard all the disrespect, but he's not being uh, a total insert adjective here about it. So credit to Lamar, to Lamar Jackson, superstar, having a great year. I hope it continues this Sunday. There are your picks, your NFL picks, and your college picks for this week. Now on to the quote of the week and another uh, football segment here for you. Again, I was looking forward to this quote of the week because I really loved what this person had to say. Uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to read it to you and then we'll, we'll get into it. We'll break it down from there. Quote. I'm not Antonio Brown. I'll never be Antonio Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster uh on Jalen Ramsey saying that he is not in fact Mr. Big Chest Antonio Brown. Just a little context here for you. Last week the Rams and the Steelers played a game in which the Steelers won. Um, and Jalen Ramsey, being the ultimate trash talker that he is, I don't hate trash talkers. Okay, I'm not. And again, I was all for Jalen Ramsey being freed from Jacksonville. I'm, this is not an anti-Jalen Ramsey thing. And Jalen Ramsey is who he is. He's a trash talker. Okay, we're gonna have those guys in life. No big deal. I don't. I, I don't hate Jalen Ramsey. In fact, I like him. It's not the point. Uh, he's talking trash, saying, "Well, he's not Antonio Brown." After a game that they lost, like at some point you got to know when to quit. He didn't. You know, he said he's not Antonio Brown. Then they asked Juju Smith-Schuster, hey, what do you think about this? And Juju Smith-Schuster being the the saint and the mature adult. And he's only, we're about the same. He's 22, I'm 20. Okay, I'm calling him an adult. We're only two years apart. And yet he is probably a lot more mature than I am or will be at the age of 22. He's a multimillionaire at 22. You would, you would never know it. He's the most humble guy. Most humble, down-to-earth, real guy you could find in the NFL. And I've never met him personally, but this should tell you right here that that proves the kind of character that Juju Smith-Schuster has. Says I'm not, into, And he goes on, this is only a small grab from the quote. He actually says, I'm not as good as him yet, referring to Antonio Brown. So I'm not Antonio Brown, never be Antonio Brown. I'm not as good as him. That's what he said. He said, I'm actually not as good as Antonio Brown. I can only ever be myself, is what he says. What, how can you not love Juju Smith-Schuster? What more could you possibly want out of a franchise guy? And again, we like to be fair here. Juju Smith-Schuster is having a lousy year. He is. And he's a great player. It's not like one season is going to damn him and define him. He's, and that's a testament to how good he is. He's having a bad year, um, and he's owning up to it. Saying, you know, I'm, he didn't come out and say I'm having a bad year, but he is. I mean, he knows it. And you could say, well, he's down two quarterbacks already. 
that is very true and very fair. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because I like Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm not trying to bury him. In fact, I want to praise him and you know kind of gas him up a little bit. But he is not having a year up to maybe even his own standards. And again, you could asterisk here and there, whatever. He says, I'm not as good as Antonio Brown. That speaks to the humble. Um, how, that speaks to how humble, and uh, excuse me, no, not Antonio Brown, anyone but Antonio Brown. That speaks to how humble Juju Smith-Schuster is. After everything that Antonio Brown has done to the Steelers, after everything he's done to the Raiders, after everything he said about Juju Smith-Schuster, Juju Smith-Schuster has the character and the heart to say, I'm not as good as him. Recognizes how talented Antonio Brown is. And then he goes on to say, I'm myself. And I have, and I, you know what's funny about that? That's kind of, and maybe he didn't even mean it like that, but because I'm petty, this is how I took it. Kind of a backhanded jab at uh, Antonio Brown. Who wants to be Antonio Brown right now? I'd much rather be Juju Smith-Schuster than Antonio Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster has a job currently and is well-liked and has fans. He's got like the sponsors with, 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 with Twitch. I know my older audience has no idea what that is, but he's in the eSport community too. He makes a lot of money. He's fun. He's got the Pizza Hut commercials. And Antonio Brown has Antonio Brown. I would much rather have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster than Antonio Brown. And I think 32 teams in the NFL would agree with me with that statement currently. To spe- this is, I mean, just what character Juju Smith-Schuster displays here. And mind you, I want, again, I want to bring this all the way back. This was coming after a win. After the guy who, I mean, essentially sparked this question was talking trash. Juju Smith-Schuster had every right in the world to fire back at Jalen Ramsey and say, well, you're not Darrell Revis, or say whatever you want to say. You beat him. They won the game. And Jalen Ramsey was talking trash. He had every right in the world, every opportunity to fire back. And I would have, I mean, that wouldn't bother me in the least. He won the game, and you're talking trash to, to Juju Smith-Schuster. He won. And yet this is the route that he chooses to take. I love what I saw from Juju. He's not having the best year. It's not a terrible year, but it's not. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster was dynamic his first two years in the league. And I think things will get better because, again, he's been without Ben Roethlisberger. That's going to hurt anybody. Okay, if you lose a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, it's going to hurt your receivers. But what character um, Juju Smith-Schuster excuse me, uh, displayed on Sunday after the game? I love this quote. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I'm getting this in there. I'm getting this into the show in the core of the week. Fantastic. And again, I'm not hating on Jalen Ramsey at all. You want to talk trash, you want to talk trash. So those guys, they, they, we have to deal with those people all the time. It's not a big deal. And I like Jalen Ramsey. Um, but again, I just, I'll take any opportunity to kind of soil Antonio Brown's name. And praise Juju Smith-Schuster. How can you not love this guy? If you're not a Steeler fan, if you're a Raven fan or someone who traditionally hates the Steelers, I don't see how you could st- even still hate Juju Smith-Schuster. Great player, even better person. That is going to take us to the end of this week's episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. Thank you for stopping by and sticking around. It is much appreciated. Please download on Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you are. I need those downloads. Um, Share with your friends. That potentially maybe means even more than a download. You've already done done so much just sticking around for this song. Truly appreciate it, but it would be a, a great service to yours truly if you were to download and share the Crowd Noise podcast. Enjoy the games this week. And again, we didn't even touch college basketball. I'm kind of waiting. I'm waiting a little bit for college basketball to develop. And even, maybe even still the NBA. 
because teams are still figuring figuring out who they are in, in both college, especially in college, like three games in. But in the NBA as well, teams are still figuring themselves out, let alone trying to figure out other teams. So I'm waiting for that to marinate a little bit. We will definitely get into college basketball. We will definitely get into NBA. Don't you worry. Your little head, it is coming. But for the meantime, enjoy the football uh, games. I'm not sure what college basketball games are on this weekend. I'm sure there's you'll, you'll find some. There, there's tons of games on. Um, you know, Just check your local listings, as they say. I will talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.